All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. How are we doing, Edmonton? 405 here in the capital city. My name is Jason Strebeck. I'm the host of the Jason Gregor Show for the next couple days. Hope you're having yourself a great, great uh, day and a great weekend. Uh, lots to come today in the show, including visits from a couple of our good friends, George Richards, in a few, about 20 minutes, we'll talk all things Florida Panthers hockey in the Stanley Cup final. Be the first time either one of those organizations, Vegas or Florida, wins the Stanley Cup. Then Kevin Woodley will join us around 5, just after 5 o'clock. And Arsan Basu to talk to us about the Cole Caulfield contract with the Canadians and what that means for them moving forward um, in their quest for greatness and a Canadian Stanley Cup champion. Um, let's get to, well, if you want to keep the text coming, please do so in the Jiffy Lube inbox at 10 12, there's a lot of those uh, coming in here. But right now, it's time for Tell Me I'm Wrong, and I am locked and loaded, Connor. Strutty, as always, Tell Me I'm Wrong, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, where their rates never change. If you need furnace or AC repair and maintenance anytime, no OT charges. That's how you build a legacy at legacyheating.ca. The Jason Greger Show presents Tell Me I'm Wrong. In my 20s, I wasn't a big concert goer, right? I'd, I'd, I'd go to a few concerts and... Mostly, like, if my friends wanted to go or whatever, and it just wasn't my thing. I had a bad experience with the cranberries when I was about 18 or so, and I just never got over it. Some things you don't recover from, Connor. But every time I went to a concert in the past, and I remember the first one I'll jump in my head, it was the Rolling Stones. I was in Chicago. My buddies wanted to go, so I went. I went with my girlfriend, now wife, and I was a casual Rolling Stones fan at best. I saw them in concert, and I fell in love with them. 
Like I'm talking, I love I love the Rolling Stones, and I go through periods where it's just all Stones for me. Um, that's all I can listen to. So there's a pattern developed after that. Same thing. I I liked ACDC. And I, I really liked them. I saw them in, in concert. And it took me to another level. My fan, fan, dumb, or my uh, love of them just took to another level. Uh, Justin Timberlake, another recent one. I was lukewarm. I'm not like Ryan Rashagre, get my hair dyed the same color as him. But I, I was lukewarm on him. And then I saw him in concert, and man, did I fall in love with that guy. Absolutely fantastic. His music, the way he danced and moved across the floor, it was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, so there's been many times where I've gone to a concert kind of lukewarm or, you know, just slightly warm on an artist and saw them in concert and came out there just higher than a kite on, on how great I think they were. So this weekend I went to the Luke Holmes. I was actually volunteering. I was helping uh, security kick some ass. And, um, you know, I, 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 if I'm being honest, I didn't really know much about Luke Holmes. I hadn't really heard of him. I like country music. I don't listen to a lot of the new stuff unless my wife pushes it on me while we're driving around. But I'd heard Luke, and I didn't love him. I, I thought he was okay. But in with my mind, I'm like, I'm going to go to this concert. I'm just going to love this. I'm going to love this guy, and he's going to just – I'll become a huge fan. But I've got to say, it was the first time that I've been to someone and see him live in concert where I didn't fall in love with the guy. In fact, I, I was probably less into him when I left than when I arrived. And did I have a bad day? You could say, yeah, maybe I had a bad day. It's not accurate because there was a guy named Riley Green there, I think his name was. And I found this guy, and I loved his music. I've been only listening to his music the last couple days. He's so good. Luke Combs, I can't get into it. All his songs, it doesn't matter. You name one, I cannot get into them at all. The only one I really like of his is where he's singing with uh, Big Red, what's his name, uh, Ed Sheeran. I love that one. I absolutely love it. Fast car, didn't like it. When it rains, it pours, can't do it. Forever after all, she got the best of me. The kind of love we make. Love you, Wendy's. Beer never broke my heart. Can't get into it. I can't do it. So, Connor, tell me I'm wrong that every time you go to a concert, you should fall in love with the, the artist because they're live. Except if you don't, then you'll never love that artist ever. So my love for Luke Holmes will never come to pass. See, I'm trying to think, like, when I go to concerts, it's usually because I do really want to see them. And for the most part, you know, I haven't been let down. Now, there's always the opening act, which I think is kind of where it gets me. I will say I saw the Mars Volta open up for the Red Hot Chili Peppers back in the day. And to this day, I don't think I've ever tuned into one of their songs. Um, Ashley took me. No, I took her to the Arkells. Actually, I thought they were pretty good. Put on a good show, very energetic. So I, I did. I would say I kind of get where you're coming from. Like I, you should start to really appreciate what they do, uh, especially for the Arkells. Like good Canadian band, highly energetic concert. But I think I might be like you for the Luke Combs concert. Not my genre. I don't necessarily love country music, so maybe it wouldn't work on me. But a bit of a conundrum. I mean, for a guy as popular as he is, I, you would think that you might have fallen for him exactly like all the people that like him how can i how can i be the one guy who doesn't like him and it's not like we're talking about you know eating escargots you know if you're oh man everyone loves them not everyone loves them right they're they're a little bit out there so if you don't like that that's fine but when you're talking about a guy who sold out i don't know 50 60 000 people at commonwealth stadium mm-hmm. and there's one grumpy guy in there that didn't like him like what's the problem I just think it'll never, ever, I'll never like his his music. 
like I said, I love the one with uh, Ed Sheeran and, and uh, Luke. I think it's called Life Goes On. It's unreal song. God, it just brings a tear to this old eye all the time. But I just can't do it. I could not get into Luke Combs. And my niece, she loves him. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't I can't make it. Hey, Stray, you know why you don't like it? Because country sucks. I, I just agree. I love country. I love it all. It's so good. Hey, Strutty, what happened to Cranberries concert? I must know from Twiz. What was the incident to Cranberries? Well, if you didn't know this story, I went when I think I was 18. My, I, I went with a friend. Uh, three three of us went. And our, my friend Eunice, she bought the tickets. I paid her back, obviously. And and I, I didn't realize, I'd never been to a concert before. I don't think my parents even took me to, like, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, or whatever those three those three people that were that had that song those three people that sang and anyways I go and we were like fifth row I had to stand up the whole time and I'm awkward I don't like you know I don't like to dance in front of people and trying to dance to zombies standing up while Eunice and my buddy are just looking so fine dancing around I I, I vowed I'd never go to another concert I was out I was out and that was the cranberries trauma I, I, I just for years I was ruined years it took me to Rolling Stones nearly 10 years later to turn turn it over. Strutty, that's the beauty of music. Not everyone likes the same stuff from Brian. Well, when there's 50-some thousand people in a building and only one person is impressed, <laughs> I think there's a problem with that one person. And I am that one person in this situation. I mean, when you went to the Cranberries, I want to go back to that, your trauma. I want to get to the bottom of this. Were you a fan of the group beforehand or did you just kind of... Oh, yeah. So you liked their music. Well, I, I, some of the songs, right? Like, not not every song. You know, I, I, they're a acquired taste. Like, Zombie is okay, but Dreams, I love that song. Linger. Those are probably the only two I really liked. And I waited for them, but I didn't realize you have to wait the whole time and stand. Like, jeez. <laughs> I feel it's like... a lot of time. Yeah, if it's a concert that maybe you're only there for a couple songs, front row or floor seats maybe aren't where you should be, right? Now, you said Eunice bought these seats. I assume it was Eunice, right? Eunice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so she was probably a big fan? A big fan. So that makes sense for them, but you kind of you kind of got put in a tough situation there. Yeah, it's always battle. It was a battle zone. But I remember thinking it was cool. It was so cool to go to a concert. I hadn't really been. Like I said, since Sally, Jesse, Raphael, it was it. Sharon Lewis and Bram? Sharon Lewis and Bram. Yeah, that's, I think that's the other group. Yeah, but they're all good. All of them are good. Strutty's called Personal Taste. Madonna's huge. I don't like her. Bon Jovi's gigantic. I think they're lame. I love the boss. Millions of people hate him. Anyway, Edith. Not fair comp. But, I mean, those are all pretty, uh, I, I don't know, I guess. This is the first huge artist I can say I don't, it's not that I hate him. Like, I don't want to, like, say that I'm going to go around and try to body check Luke Combs in an alumni game. But what I'm saying is that I, I just, it's just not for me. It's not, it's not my, uh, not my temperature. So was was that the worst concert you've been to then? It, I don't want to make it sound like it was a bad concert because it, it was good. Like I, I, I thought he put on a great show. His stage was incredible, but I just didn't connect with the music. And then that's like it was great. Like everyone had a really good time. You know, um, the stage was. It was. I think the stage was better than Garth Brooks actually. Mm-hmm. If you're just looking at the stage setup, and after this thing, he went around and signed a lot of autographs and was taking pictures. Like he was really good. Hey, Strutty, only half the people that are like Luke, the other half were their husbands. All new country is geared to women. Well, maybe, I don't know. Might be. 
But this other guy, this Luke, does anyone know about, uh, what did I say, Luke Perry or something? Or no, Hold on, let me get his name. I don't think, I think that guy's an actor. Luke, no, Riley Green. Riley Green. If you haven't heard the song, There Was This Girl, you, you're not living. If you want a tearjerker, I wish Grandpa had never died. But There Was This Girl is unreal. Unreal song. God, it was a good one. Whew. So I don't feel really got anything done. Hey, Strutty, Sally Jeff for Al's a talk show host. CH, another one for the old Strutty Vault. I'm sure he didn't take that. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit, Strutty. Low-hanging. That's the easy one. I'm yeah. watching uh, Riley Green, There Was This Girl video right now. Oh, is it a good? I haven't seen the video, but he got it. But you know what? So this is what I was, I was working there. I was selling hamburgers and stuff. And I could hear my, I could, I heard that song and it drew me to it. Like I was like, oh, I love this song. But Luke Combs, none of them, none of those songs. But he's a good singer. Like that's the thing. I liked the way he moved and sang. And I think his wife's pregnant, which is exciting for him. Doesn't really have anything to do with us, but yeah, pretty awesome. Well, to the next one, Strutty. Battle on. Strutty, I'm going to listen to Riley Green right now from Smitty. Well, you're going to have a good day then. <laughs> oh, this, I disagree with this guy. This is my last one. Strutty, I went to the Poison, Def Leppard, and Motley Crue. Loved the bands, but the sound was absolutely terrible. Never going to another concert. Waste of my money from Range Your Own Guy. I was there too. I liked it. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic, actually. So, that's, that's too bad. To, too, just, Strutty, quickly, this has been largely negative what's the best concert you've ever been to well garth brooks was amazing mm -hmm. i thought that was incredible both in and out you know inside and outside uh who's the guy that's saying uh you're beautiful let's see here james blunt when i was in new york i got to invited to like a private concert with him there was maybe like 500 people and my wife was all over this song, James Blunt, You're Beautiful. And I liked it too, but I mean, let's be honest. So there we are, the song's playing. I'm slow dancing by the wife. I'm like, oh boy, this is this is not what I expected to be doing tonight. But there it was. So it was very, is a very intimate show, and I really like that. So I, I'm going to say way off, James Blunt. What about you? Oh, good one. Um, you know, a, uh, this is a concert that looked similar to your Cranberries. I didn't know if I really wanted to go to it, but uh, I saw Lincoln Park in Vegas, and it was an enjoyable show. Oh. And then even in town here, uh, I want to make this clear. This was a few years ago, but Kanye West was in with Rihanna, N.E.R.D., mm -hmm. and Lupe Fiasco. And from start to finish, it was an amazing show. So that would, that would probably be up there. Jay-Z was yeah. good. Yeah. I like that. You know, they're always a good time. Yeah, I like that. I like where your head's at. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening to me about Luke Holmes, and I'm sorry if I offended anyone who loved it because it, it sounded great. I just couldn't couldn't do it. Could not do it. Big hockey game tonight. Game two. Florida finds themselves down one nothing versus Vegas. We'll hear the Florida side of the story from George Richards from Florida Hockey Now next on the Jason Gray Show on Empton Sports Theater. TSN 1260. Classic tune coming in here for our next guest. Uh, let's get into a little bit of playoff talk and hockey with the playoff report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton, Canada's number one Volvo dealership in sales. Test drive the new Volvo XC60 plug-in hybrid now, powerful and energy efficient, only at Volvo Cars Edmonton.com. And welcome in from Florida Hockey Now, George Richards. And George, 
Florida drops game one. Uh, is there some low-hanging fruit that they can improve on to uh, even this series up in game two? Yeah, I think they can definitely uh, tighten up a little bit, right? I mean, that third period was about as sloppy as we've seen the Panthers play really since the Boston series uh, before they started going on this 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 incredible, you know, uh, run of wins. Um, you know, I, and I don't know if that was, you know, 10 days off or, or whatnot, but uh, they just didn't, you know, they didn't look like they had any answers for Vegas and they opened the door for them and, um, you know, let the Knights kind of do what they wanted to do there in that third period. But for the first 40, you know, the Panthers were uh, right there in the mix and that's been their M.O., this whole postseason is just, you know, keep it close and then we'll see where we go. But, you know, once Kachuk turned that puck over and it's 4-2 with six minutes left, uh, you could just kind of feel the life drain out of them. The power play wasn't functioning at the highest level. I think they only had one or two yeah. shots on three three attempts. What what kind of a tweaks could you see from Maurice and company tonight? I think yeah, I think they're gonna you know look they're gonna look at a lot of film. They had they had a couple opportunities on the on the on the penal, on the power play to, to see what they were doing and see what Vegas was doing to 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 to, uh, to defend it. Um, you know they just came out of a tough you know going against the Carolina penalty kill, which is as aggressive as any in the league, and kind of I think I think Florida just kind of got. You know, uh, going back to normal almost, uh, when, when you're on the power play, when you don't have to do all that, face what, what Carolina does. So I'm sure they'll get it going again. Um, you know, Vegas isn't exactly known for its penalty kill, so I'm sure there's, uh, some, some things the Panthers are going to be able to adjust to this time around. As the game went on, it felt like Bennett and Kachuk were kind of chasing, um, chasing a partner to kind of get under the other team's skin. And Vegas, I think they did a pretty good job staying out of that, uh, you know, as stuff after the whistle or even mid, mid play. So how can those two approach their, 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 their game plan differently to kind of get under uh, and after Vegas as they have in previous three series? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I, I mean, you saw, you saw them doing the same thing, <clears throat> excuse me, to Boston and, and to Carolina and, and Toronto um, and it's not, you know, you know, Vegas was like they were trying to goad us into penalties. Well, you know, the, the rest really weren't calling a whole lot of stuff till it was out of hand there at the end. So, um, you know, the Panthers are going to continue to play that style. I mean, that's who Matthew Kachuk is. That's who Sam Bennett is. Um, that's how they play. The Panthers are still going to bring that forecheck. The thing is, you know, Vegas is a bigger team. You know, they, you know, they're not exactly being crushed up against the wall. Uh, they seem to handle the physicality better, um, you know. So, so we'll see. But I expect the Panthers to to do the same exact kind of thing that they've been doing. Joined by George Richards here on uh, Jason Greg Show, hosted by uh, Jason Strudwick and Connor Halley today on TSN twelve sixty. George from Florida Hockey Now. We're ta- taking a look at Game Two with the Stanley Cup Finals at Rocks uh, tonight. Um, what about as far as Sergei Bobrovsky? He's been so good. You know, it looked to me like he was screened by his own team a couple times. But you know, anything from from him as far as adjustments? Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, Vegas was able to get in front of the net. That's something Florida needs to look into doing, and you know, getting in front of uh, getting in front of Hill a little bit. Um, but you know, the, the shots that he gave away. I mean, two of the shots were from inside the blue. Uh, they got through traffic. Um, you know, he gave up four goals total, which is the most he's given up since the Boston series. 
Um, so I'm sure, you know, Sergey would like to have a couple of those back. But, uh, yeah, Florida just didn't seem to have that same intensity. Um, defensively of clearing the pucks away, there was, there's, you know, a couple opportunities that Vegas got to lose to, to, to big rebounds where throughout the playoffs, Florida's been clearing those out and have been playing really tight in front of them. Um, and that was something that, 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 you know, maybe the, the rust angle kind of comes into play because they weren't as, they weren't as tight with their sticks as, as they have been in the playoffs. So maybe having a day off and, you know, having a whole game of film will help them with that. What about as far as getting to Aiden Hill, who's, you know, been quite a story in this playoff uh, yeah. run of theirs? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Aiden Hill's been terrific since coming back in there for Vegas and, um, you know, you saw him stymie Dallas uh, in the last series, and 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 Florida really didn't have a whole lot of chances against him. Uh, the second goal that Florida gets is Anthony to declare um, off mm-hmm. a face off in the final seconds of the second. That I don't think he'll ever saw that shot. Um, you know, again, Florida's going to have to send a lot more traffic in front. They 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 had been doing that in the playoffs. They did not do it against Vegas in Game One. Um, I'm sure that's a point of contention for Paul Maurice and the coaching staff as they've got to get in front of that net and they've got to, you know, not let him see everything. It seemed like Aiden Hill got to see everything, um, except for the, you know, the one, you know, from Nick Cousins where he was flat on his back and somehow got the stick up there. He didn't see that one very well, but he was able to make the save on it. So um, good on him. But, yeah, I, I just think if Florida – create some traffic and, and and gets in there that, that maybe some things will go for them you know it's it's pretty clear that you know you, you've talked about getting to that and, and, and getting in the eyes of Aiden Hill and they have the guys like Kachak Barkoff are big guys sure. I think we know what Bennett can do but you know what about as far as guys maybe that secondary group of guys like uh, like a Lomberg or Reinhardt um, you know are, are these the next guys that are cousins are these the next group of guys or is there someone I'm missing that is known for and needs to go to that area yeah, I think so. I think, you know, you need uh, Anton Lundell, um, Eric Stahl. I mean, Eric Stahl had a great goal, but, I mean, that's another one where it wasn't a, a clean play for, for Hill. It was a wraparound that he banked in off him. Uh, so Florida really got no, you know, good scoring looks throughout the game, besides for the, the two that they got. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think that you need to get that from – I mean, you know you're going to get it from the Kachuk and Bennett line, like you said, and same with same with, with Cousins. He's a fourth-liner by trade playing up on the second line with those guys. That's what he needs to be doing. And I think he did because he was right in front of the net and he had a great opportunity to score to make it 2-1. But, yeah, you you need to see what – Florida definitely needs some secondary scoring. They need to get some stuff from the from the defensemen as well. I mean, it's been a while since Brandon Montour scored. We haven't seen many shots from Aaron Ekblad. Um, even get you know Josh Maher or Radko Gudis into the end of the play a little bit. Gudis has an absolute bomb of a shot. He needs to be shooting it up there in Florida. You know, getting in front of the net and seeing if it can go like like the Vegas ones did. Yeah, and last one for you here. And I love to bring up Montour because it's a great story. The way he's played and all that stuff has just been amazing. But how do they get him more engaged without taking risks? Who's this again? I'm sorry. Montour. I didn't hear you. Oh, Montour, yeah. Well, he's been very good at getting back. You know, he, he definitely uh, pinches up and then acts his game. I mean, he's an offensive defenseman. Um, he plays with Mark Stahl, whose game is not that. So they've got a pretty good pretty good deal there. Um Brandon Montour doesn't get beat very much. He's got he's got you know good wheels. He gets back. Um, 
and, and he's still up in the uh, he's up in the play. I mean, he always is. So um, I don't think that's the problem. I, I just don't think he's been shooting a whole lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, you always run that risk, right? When you've got defensemen coming in, but the Panthers have been done a nice job. If they see their defensemen way up in the play, the the forwards come back and kind of take their spot. So that's one thing the Panthers have been able to do in this postseason is not give away a whole lot of two on ones, a lot of odd man rushes. Um, there were a couple there from Vegas on on Saturday night. Another thing that Florida uncharacteristically gave away. George, I really appreciate that. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, we don't want the season end, so I hope it's 1-1 after uh, tonight. All right. We'll see you guys later. Great stuff, George Richards. Florida hockey now. That was uh, Platform Report brought to you by Volvo of Empton. And, uh, yeah, you know, they make some good points. How do you get – you know, we talked a little bit about it. I talked about it with, uh, with uh, Seattle playing Quebec Ramparts. And how do you how do you get inside? How do you how do you get to the hard areas of the ice? You know, it's in front of the net, looking for tips, getting in the eyes of the goaltender, all those types of things. And it's it's easy to say, oh, we got to get to that, but it's hard because they're lining up guys and they're big. Look at this defense for 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 uh, Vegas. Tell me the smallest guy: White Cloud, McNabb, Petrangelo, Haig, Martinez, and Theodore. I'm guessing it's probably Martinez, and I, I think he's probably six one. Somewhere there. Let me just double check what he is. He's he's older guy. He's a gray beard. Yeah, he's six one. I mean, you got Hague all the way up at whatever he is six five or six six, whatever he is. He's a big guy. So getting there is hard, and you but you've got to find a way. You've got to drive to that net, and you know if even if it, you're not typically that guy, you got to find a way to make it happen. Hey, Stratty. Do you want to know why Florida lost? Because the NHL screwed Florida over by making them have 10 days off before the final. From Corey Chipnicki. Chippy, I'm guessing you're a fan of Florida. If I'm guessing, it's probably correct. Uh, we'd really like to thank uh, the big sponsor of the show, PlayAlberta.ca. PlayAlberta.ca is your digital home for online gaming Excitement, including casino, live dealer, lottery instance, and sports betting. Sign up today at playalberta.ca. Connor, let's step out here quickly on the uh, Jason Graves Show, hosted by Connor and myself, Jason Strudwick, for the next couple days. When we come back, we'll get into five questions. Coming in hot next on Empton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. 443 in Empton in the area, and most of this whole area code. Thank you for tuning in here on the Jason Graves Show. My name is Jason Strudwick. He is Connor Halley. And you're on TSN 1260. Game two goes tonight. Vegas versus Florida. Winning this game is pretty important if you are a member of the Florida Panthers. Still coming uh, after 5 o'clock, we've got our good buddy Kevin Woodley from Ingold Magazine talk about some goaltending quirks and our pen. Basu will join us. We'll talk all things Montreal Canadiens with him around 520. So lots to come. Keep those texts coming at 10, 1260. Got to get to this text. Hey, Strutty, or should I call you Black Cat? You were cheering for or predicted Calmus to win. Boom, they lose. Then he predicted Seattle. Boom, game over. Can I ask you who to cheer for next? Laugh out loud from Dave K. I bet with my heart on my sleeve, buddy. Right on my sleeve. <laughs> So, not good. 
Now, we let's before we get to uh, five questions, we've got some uh, trivia we can get to, Conrad. Yeah, Stratty, of course. Trivia, always for Eagle Rock. Up for grab one round of golf at Eagle Rock. You can golf weekdays for only $50 with the car. You can book now at EagleRockGolf.com. All right, I got the trivia here. In 1995-1996, the Florida Panthers went on a similar run of greatness. They made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, only to run into the Colorado Avalanche and got swept in four games. Without looking at your computer, don't be that person. What Florida Panther player led their team in goal scoring in the playoffs? In the playoffs, which player led their team in goal scoring only in the playoffs? Texas at 10-12-60, Connor. Do you have any sense who it might be, Conrad? Yeah. Well, we talked about it beforehand, so I know exactly who it is. Fair point. And I will say it was 8 out of 10 on the surprising scale. Yeah, I like this guy. I've always really liked him. He was really nice, nice guy, and he makes a sick beard. Oh, <laughs> talk about genetics. Do you know any nicknames He's... for the guy? I think they called him Pie. I have no idea. I should ask. <laughs> I thought it was maybe Pie Face, but it was Pie. Again, which player led their team in goal scoring in the playoffs, their team being the Florida Panthers? Okay, let's get to uh, five questions brought to you by The Brick. Make your patio the place to be. The Brick has great uh, outdoor sectional sets, barbecues, outdoor TVs, and more. Make the most of your fun in the sun at The Brick and TheBrick.com. It's time for five questions on The Jason Greger Show. Right, looks like we're getting some answers coming in there. Uh, if you're the winner, just be patient. We'll, we'll let you know in a second here. So question number one. Uh, we see Cole Caulfield got the bag today, signed his extension with the Montreal Canadiens. If you redid the 2019 draft, how high do you think he would go? He went 15th overall. Well, he'd definitely move up. Like, that's, that's uh, hey, way to go, Captain Obvious. But I have, I have a couple players to move up. I'd have Bowen Byram, who was um, drafted number four I'd probably move him up even higher if you can believe that I'd also have Maurice Sider move up maybe from six and push down somebody maybe Capocaco maybe even Corby, uh, Kirby Doc but I think I'd probably feel pretty comfortable saying I would get him into I could easily get him in the top five or sorry, top 10, and I'm thinking top six or seven, at least. But you got to remember, I am I like the D-men, right? And I also, I like the D-men, and I like Matt Boldy a ton because of his size. So I'd say top six. What about you, Conrad? Yeah, I mean, top 10 for sure. Uh, obviously, I, I think I'm going to leave probably the top three with Hughes, Kako, Doc, Owen Byram, he's not going ahead of, uh, Alex Turcott. He's been more of a slower developer, but we did see him in the playoffs. Side <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, he's he definitely jumps in the top ten, but I probably have between seven and nine. I think that's probably where I have him. Hops to Broberg at this point, but we shall see. They are still very young. Would you rather have Zegers or Caulfield here, Struddy? Uh, I'll go Caulfield. <laughs> I, I, Zegers. <laughs> Oh, you don't like the dangles, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> How can I say this nicely? It, 
It looks great, and it sells tickets. I don't think it, it wins. There, I said it. You guys can all say what you want, but until it shows that it, I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> all right, question number two. Uh, reports came out that Kyrie Irving is trying to recruit LeBron James to join he and Luka in Dallas. Uh, what do you think the odds are that that will happen? I I think it's pretty low. You know, I I don't know that does does LeBron want to leave L.A. You know, I I guess if the two of them were to be able to get LeBron to come over, that'd be a pretty incredible top three they have. But you know, all three of them they have to cut the ball in three because I think Luca loves having it, and so do the other two guys. So I don't know that it's a fit stylistically. Um, but I, I'll put it low at like ten percent. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I was thinking maybe even lower than that, five percent, like you said. I mean, it, if there was any reason of, to be optimistic about Luca and Kyrie, like they they were not good. The, the Mavericks were, correct me if I'm wrong, in a playoff spot when Kyrie was there, and they fell out. And then you know took Luca out at the end of the game to try to tank a little bit. I I think it's just it's not a good situation there and LeBron I think wants to stay in Los Angeles. We know Bronny's playing at USC. So I'm going to say it's at like 2 or 3%. There's a chance of course, but I don't think it's a very good one at all. Uh question number 3 for you. The CFL season it's going to get going right away here Struddy with the Elks taking on those Rough Riders on a Sunday. I guess you're Rough Riders. Uh is there a matchup this week that has you particularly intrigued? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I would probably say I want to see what the Elks look like and same with the Rough Riders. Um, so that would probably be my, my number one because, you know, the Elks definitely had a tough year next last year. So how can that – what does that look like uh, now with Chris Jones a little more time under his belt and maybe more uh, experienced quarterback? So I I'm sounds like a homer, but Sunday at 5, I'm watching, boys and girls. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously going to be a fun one. That, that's a great way to wrap up the weekend, isn't it? A little CFL uh, kickoff here in town. That's a good one. I'm, I think Stamps-Lions, uh, two teams who have been very good in the Western Conference over the past couple of years. I, I think that's going to be a fun one to watch, but for sure, fired up to get it all going. And uh, Awanik and Jeff Walker have pregame coverage getting going at 4, and then they'll be back with the postgame show uh, Sunday afternoon. Now, question number 4 for you, Struddy. This one's a, an interesting one. Toby... From the Bear, our brother station down the hall, and I were talking about the 2015 NHL entry draft. And, I mean, I don't know if I want to necessarily open up those wounds, uh, but the Edmonton Oilers in that one, we know what happened. Uh, made the trade, had the 16th overall pick, traded it for Griffin Reinhardt. Uh, the next three players selected, Matthew Barzell, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat. Basically, our conversation was, could you imagine Kyle Connor on Connor McDavid's wing? Holy cow, it would be unbelievable. So what do you have a favorite what-if scenario from any draft, any sport? I'm, I'm taking you back. I believe I have the right draft in 2000, NFL draft. And there was a pick in the sixth round, 199th pick by the New England Patriots named Tom Brady. What would have happened if he would have been picked first by the Cleveland Browns that year? That's a really good one. Yeah, thank you. I'm actually, <laughs> usually I don't do very well in these ones. I'm pretty proud of this one, Connor. So thank you for recognizing my uh, subtle greatness. I thought you might go with more of a Homer one, like oh. with the Giants. But well, I think this one's a pretty big. The other one I'd say is what if the, the others had taken Shane Doan instead of uh, Steve Kelly? But I, I just imagine what would have happened to the NFL. Well, what happened to Tom Brady? 
yeah. if he hadn't been picked by New England? What if you'd been in a higher pick? All that pressure, like all those things, the whole, the last 20 years, more, what, 22 years NFL could have been completely different if that had happened. Bold prediction. I pretty much Stratty. closed the show. I just blew the show right up, buddy. You're welcome. Tom Brady would have been out of football for 20 years right now. I think that's how it would have have sat there for a couple of years and been like, no, I'm out. Maybe, who knows, maybe Bill Belichick picks him up off waivers. But, yeah, Yeah. that's a good one. I like that one. Uh, I'm going to go as a homer because this is the one I I think about all the time. You know, in 2004, had the Chargers drafted Larry Fitzgerald and then kept Drew Brees. I know he and Sean Payton found the magic, but Brees was a pretty good player for the Chargers. You could have had an offense with uh, Brees, Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, and Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, that would have been a whole lot of fun to watch, obviously. It's what if, but uh, interesting. Let us know. What's your favorite what if draft situation, Strutty? I think you win that one. And uh, final question for you. Mark Wahlberg celebrates his 52nd birthday today of all his classics. What is your favorite? Yeah, you know, he's got a lot of good ones. Um, yeah, I, I, I like him. I'm not going to say he's like, he's not like a generational talent, but he's, he's done a lot of good things. He's, he definitely recognizes when he gets in there. I'm having a tough, cause they all, they're all kind of like sevens and eights for me. I don't know if there's a one. I might go, I don't know. Ah, that's a toughie. Maybe Ted kind of a bit of a comedy, pretty funny. So I might go Ted. Yeah. Stratty. I feel like you said that like, he has some, I, I think he has a couple really good ones. And I'm going to say The Departed would probably be up there. I think that's a, that's a 10 for me. He doesn't have the biggest role in it, but he is in it. Uh, Lone Survivor, I thought, was was decent. Ted's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, it's definitely The Departed. But I think he's in a bunch of like Netflix movies now, and they're questionable. Yeah, he's cranking them out. But he, like, he was in The Perfect Storm. I love The Perfect Storm. Very old movie. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that one. Daddy's Home is another really good one. Deep Water Horizon, like he's Planet of the Apes. Yeah, the Prince. Like he's done a lot of good ones. But like I said, it's not like you're, you know, you're not just. Oh my God, this is amazing! Like he's just, he's just good, entertaining movies. And then you know what, Stretty? I actually I saw The Perfect Storm in theaters. Oh really? It came out in two thousand, so I was like thirteen. One of the first movies I saw in theaters. Amazing cast. Yeah, I loved that movie. I loved it. Hey guys. Boogie Nights, yeah. The other guys, both good. Three Kings, that was a good one. Lone Survivor was amazing. He was awesome. That from Robbie. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, he was. He was really good. Yeah, that was a really good show, actually. Hey, Strutty, what or what if the Oilers took Kachuk instead of Poliarvi? What if, hey? Well, they probably he probably wouldn't be here right now, <laughs> right? To be honest with you, you know. I, I mean, I remember that draft show. We did one, uh, Dino and Guy, and mm-hmm. I, I was behind the glass. And when Pierre-Luc Dubois went to Columbus, I mean, they freaked out. Our text line freaked out. Everybody was going crazy. Yes, Apuliarvi, like run to the board, like make that pick immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like nobody at the time was even considering Matthew Kachuk. Right. Well, what's funny is I, I, um, I remember when it happened. I remember thinking, why did the Finnish GM pass on the Finnish player? I remember thinking that right away. What, like, that's weird. Like, imagine if it was, you know, like if you're, if you're in there and you're, 
the, it's a it's a it's a finished team drafting Canadian players, and you know all the Canadian players, and you don't draft that guy. I don't know, man. <laughs> I I was worried about it right from the get go. Like, what the heck just happened? Incredible. You know, I I'm really interested to see what happens with the Esapuli RV now moving forward. Like, where where does where does he end up? What what does his career look like? And I'm not saying this to start a fight. Like I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in, into the, into the fighting or whatever. But I, I'd just be really interested to know. There's no way he's playing on three million dollar contract. So does Carolina get him down? Say we're going to pay you whatever a million. And then there's probably a player there for a million, but for three million, he's not, he's not worth it. And that's what's pretty crazy, right? And the truth. But you got the same conversation with Yamamoto. Right, the team has found other players that are make more sense in those top six. That's tough. But I sure hope the Oilers go through a diagnosis of what went wrong with that signing, of that first, the drafting of him, the handling, the signing, where he was, all that stuff. I'd love to know if they've done like a forensic audit. I think they call it on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Because I think it needs to be talked about. It's got to be talked about, that's for sure. Well, different uh, GM, right? Yeah. How many? Point. I mean, guys, I don't know exactly. I have to go back and look. How many do you think scouts are still around from that regime? Uh, I'm not sure, but you can still learn, right, from your past. Yeah, that's true. Because it was a long, a long run, right? Just learning from it, you know. And I, I guess they're all pretty busy, but. Um, Connor, do we have a winner for the trivia question? I believe we do. Jeff is our winner today. Jeffrey. And like, what was the correct answer that he put down? Dave Lowry. Dave Lowry. Old pie. 10 goals. He scored 10 in the regular season for the Florida. He scored 10 in the playoffs for Florida. That's a pretty good run. Joy to the world. Very happy. Very happy. All right, let's duck out of here really quick. When we come back, we're going to have a chat with our main goalie expert, Kevin Woodley from Ingle Magazine, here on the Jason Greger Show on TSN 1260. As we go to break, though, Connor will tell you what happened through the day of sports with a sports update brought to you by Emkin Kubota. Kubota Zero Turn Motors are built for professional mowing results, durability, and comfort, and ready to tackle any terrain while keeping you comfortable. Get yours at EmptonKubota.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 